Hey, this is Kiran Nagar from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Deb Brown Mahe with us. Deb is a sales coach, author of Sell Like Jesus, and a speaker. Does selling feel like a necessary evil to you? It doesn't have to be that way. Deb, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Karen. Good to be here. So, Deb, as we were speaking of Jesus being a salesman, okay, we were not. <laughs> so, tell me about Sell Like Jesus. Yeah. So many people read the title and they go, "What? Jesus didn't sell anything. He gave everything." Well, it's all in the definition of sale. So if you look at a broader definition, sales is the fair exchange of goods, services, or ideas for an agreed upon compensation. So I give you something in return for something that you give me. So most people wouldn't say that they are in sales. I believe the statistic is that one out of nine sell for work, their actual job. But everyone is really in sales. If you think about it, parents are trying to sell their children on doing their homework or doing spouses, selling the other spouse about where they want to go on vacation or remodeling the kitchen or getting a man cave. And if you're in business, maybe you're in a leadership role. You're constantly having to sell your team member, doing things certain ways, doing certain things, or negotiating with your peers in the company to achieve the ultimate company goal. So in in that broader context, all of us are selling. Yeah. So yes, we are selling. How does one sell like Jesus and why it is emphasized on Jesus? Like Jesus sold his idea. Okay. If we were to speak, Jesus sold his idea. So how did he do that? So that's exactly what I look at in the book is how did Jesus communicate and how can we replicate what he did? And there are a number of strategies that he used that overlay beautifully in a sales conversation. If we, why sell like Jesus? As when I was growing up, adults would always ask me as a little girl, what do you want to be when you grow up? And people would say things like, I want to be a teacher or a nurse or a fireman or a doctor. Nobody ever said, I want to be a salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. So why is that? Why don't children aspire to be a salesperson. It is not considered a good position growing up maybe? Right. It has a negative stereotype. Everyone thinks about the pushy sales shark made them buy something they didn't really need, that made them buy more than they really wanted, that wouldn't take no for an answer and badgered and badgered and badgered until you finally said yes. So we have a negative perception of sales because of the high pressure tactics. Jesus never pressured anybody to do anything. He told stories, he laid out options, asked questions that made people think about things in a different way, and then he let them make their own decision, draw their own conclusion. When we apply that in sales, what we're doing is orchestrating a relationship with some, with usually a stranger. We're built trust by the fact that we're respecting that they are the decision maker. I am just a decision collector. So yeah. while ask for a decision, the yes or the no is completely on the buyer. Totally. And I'm also going to set the stage for both parties to win. So when you approach a sales conversation from the, if the seller wants to make the sale and mm-hmm. yes is the only good answer that they want to hear, then you have violated the other person's right. Dad, if 
you say, we're going to talk. We're going to ask and answer some questions of each other and see, depending on what comes out, we'll see if it makes sense to move forward or not. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Maybe there's another path I can guide you to, or we might see that it does make sense. And in that case, together, we will talk through what the next step is. Totally, Deb. Got it. With that said, can you tell us about how to sell without being salesy? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Can you please elaborate on that? Like, what are the strategies then? What is the right way of asking the question? What is the best way of uh, collecting the answer? And however, with the time, influencing the person, right? What's the mm-hmm. choice they need to make? Because if they don't get, make that choice, it is at the end of the day going to be their loss, at least in my perspective, right? Yeah. So tell me about it. How does one move forward that kind of conversation? So it starts with your mindset. And instead of saying, okay, I have to make this sale, what's the goal? What is the goal of the conversation? And I always advocate that the goal should be to know as much as you possibly can about that person and their situation as it pertains to your product or service. You don't have to know their whole life story. You don't don't have to know everything about them. You don't have to make small talk because small talk just wastes, wastes each other's time. Instead, you want to understand the deeper reasons why they are trying to solve this particular problem at this particular time. So it's through a series of diagnostic questions and then being a really good listener. You have to listen with the intent of understanding, not just listen to try to figure out what you want to ask next. So you're always putting the other person first and asking questions that are going to help them think through their decision. And because you know your product or service better than they do, because you deal with it all the time, there are some questions that you need to make sure you ask to make people think about things that they don't even know they should think about. So for example, in the coaching world, when people come to me and they want to learn how to sell more effectively, among other questions that I'm going to ask, I want the person to think through how willing they are to go through the pain of the learning curve. Because whenever you try to do something differently, first you have to become aware of what to do and why. Then you need the tools. So what exactly? What are the words? What are the, the What's the structure? And then you have to apply it. You have to do it. And every time we go to implement something new, that doesn't usually go right the first time or it only goes partly right. And it feels weird because we're not used to doing it that way. And we have to remind ourselves not to do something else. So there's this whole awkward place that you can't avoid. So I know that that can be frustrating and cause people to quit. So during the sales process, I'm going to ask a question to make them think about that, to make them process that. So that when they do say yes, they know that part of what they're saying yes to is this difficult chunk. And they're saying yes with knowledge of that. Totally. So let's look at it the other way. If they don't bring it up and I don't bring it up and they say yes and 
And now they're in that place of awkwardness. What are they feeling towards me? What are they feeling about the investment they make? If nothing else, it's causing a question, causing unnecessary discomfort. And because I never said anything about that, it breaks trust. Totally. So from a salesperson's perspective, we have to be willing to take the risk that by bringing up that awkward part of learning, the person might say no, they might never get started. And in my mindset, I have to be grateful for that, not feel like I lost something. So that's why I say it all starts with our mindset. What do I really want? I want to really help people. And to really help them, they have to stick with the learning process. Yes. So in traditional sales, don't even talk about that. You can deal with that at least after you make the sale, you deal with that. Because then I've bought trouble. I've bought bad mouthing when somebody isn't satisfied and I don't need to buy trouble. Plus, I have to give them their money back. Why go through all that pain and have to fire the client because they're not doing their part? Let's talk about it up front. Let's get it out on the table. And you know what I find, Karen? People appreciate that. They're like, oh, I never thought of that. Ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't really like that, but I understand. And and you'll help me get through it, right? Yeah. That's why I hire a coach, because they do help you get through those awkward times. Totally. Deb, now let's speak social media. Uh, tell us about the social media platforms that you are available on and what are you doing there? So I keep it simple. I am on Facebook and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. So I was an early adopter. I was one of the first 100,000 customers on LinkedIn. Wow. I think it was 1001. And I do a lot of writing. So I'm writing on those platforms, but I'm also writing on others as well. Tell us about the IDs. How do we found you there? Um, on Facebook, it's Sell Like Jesus. And on LinkedIn, it's Deb Brown Mar. Yeah. Just okay. yep. My next question to you is about other two platforms that you are not on. Are you on Instagram? Are you on TikTok? Like, do you think that videos is the way people are moving forward? Also YouTube. I'm not convinced yet. Everyone keeps telling me that video is the way to go. I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do everything through my website. So all my YouTube videos are also posted on my learning page on my website. I'm back and forth about video versus the written word. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a place for both. I do. Mm -hmm. And I am pushing myself. One of my learning goals is to find a, a way to do video that works for me mm -hmm. and reaches the people that I'm trying to reach. Totally. Dead. So got it up about it. My next question to you and final question to you is about this pen. Yeah, you have to start with this pen. Cliche question. However, send it like Jesus. So let's begin with. Yes. Yeah, so Kieran, it, it seems that the pen that you have has run out. Yeah. Okay. Now help me. What I'd like to do is just ask some questions to get a better understanding of what you prefer in a writing implement to see whether or not I have something that's going to fit what you're looking for for. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. Oh, good. So what do you look for in a pen? What's important to you? It should be a gel pen and it should have good design because I go to many deals and uh, I handle pen to the other party. So I don't want the deal to fall apart. So a good pen would do a good job. So when you say it has to have a good design, tell me more about that. I have had few designs earlier. So here are the images that I've had. So these are the pens I've used in the past and I like these. Uh, I okay. don't have heard of these 
these brands, but these are the brands I use. So tell me about what do you have here? So I don't have the brand that you use. Yeah. So what I do have is a gel pen. And the reason I sell it is because it gives a continuous line of writing. I absolutely hate it when you're writing and then there's a blank spot and then you feel like you have to go back and fill it in. I don't know. Have you ever experienced yeah. that? Is that something important to you? It is. It is. I don't want a wrong sign of the client there. Right. And then color-wise, do you have a color preference? Color, it, it should be blue. Sorry. Okay. And do you have any perspective about how long a pen should last? A month, maybe. Okay. And you're doing how much writing? It depends. I don't... I write my plan. I write my goals, you know. That is it. And typically, pens last about a month for you. Okay. So, we probably are comparable, maybe last a little bit longer. So maybe five weeks instead of four. And we do have a blue. So what is your budget for pens? How many were you looking to buy? What are you What are you looking to spend? $7 for one pen right now. Oh, that's easy. Okay. And so we have a packet of five. Uh, that's $21. You do? We do. Sounds like a good uh, budget deal to me. Yeah, I have sold it. <laughs> I have sold it. Good <laughs> Okay, so so I have to ask you, what did I do that was different from what most people do? You ask questions and write questions. You did a lot of things, but everything that happened was not under my conscious effort. It happened all subconscious. So you just took me through a journey of visualizations, I suppose, imaginations that I've done. And this is how my experience is going to be. And this is how the things are going to work out. They did as so with that said, Deb, I have to let you go. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you so much again. I am your host Kirnagra signing off. You guys take care. Bye guys.